George Lucas is trying to pitch Star Wars to 20th Century Fox. I think at the time, I, I don't know if it was 20th Century Fox, but I know it's the company that became 20th Century. So he's trying to pitch to Fox. And I, some people may know the story, some people don't. It's one of my favorite stories in the world. And as he's walking into the studio, he has to walk past guys doing construction, one of which is a door jam or like a, like putting an Eve in or something in between offices, like nothing huge. <coughs> oh, I swallowed a hair. <laughs> and as George Lucas walks by, he looks down. I just down, ate the bug. I just ate the bug. I, uh, so he, uh, God damn it. He, uh, so he looks down, he goes, Oh, Harrison. Hey, how's it going? Cause Harrison Ford just went, he didn't quit his job. He was still a carpenter. So he goes back to his job. George Lucas is doing this. They're talking about acting. This character's Han Solo, this character, he's going off all this stuff. And he goes, man, if you, if we could read the dialogue, maybe you could get a sense of like my ideas. And they go, well, I, I who goes, well, wait, I know George. Cause I, we work together on American graffiti and he knows Steven, Steven Spielberg really well. Let's, let's just see if Harrison will come in for a few minutes. Harrison goes, in, starts reading lines, end of story. Yep. Probably picked up a hammer again, but not for money. And yeah. just naturally talented. Didn't work at it, didn't practice. I'm sure he went to some sorts of drama or he just seems like the type, but it wasn't what he was. He was there to fucking fix the door jam. <laughs> Walks out, a scruffy looking nerf herder. Scruffy looking. So speaking of Harrison Ford, shrinking is fantastic. And of course, fantastic. Uh, I saw uh, I saw Dial of Destiny over the weekend. You did? I did. You did. Um, and it was insanely good. Like it was ridiculous. Good. I'm so excited. I am so excited about that movie like i wanted and this is no exaggeration like i wanted to just buy a ticket and go and watch it again is that true finishing. yes yeah that's awesome man i can't <laughs> wait to see, i really can't wait to see it dude i'm so and excited it hit about me, it i mean no spoiler alerts but it hit me right in the feels oh really like, yeah it was a it was a hard one at the end i mean yeah well i'm gonna i'm gonna be excited for it <laughs> i'm gonna be very excited for it though so, yeah i can't i can't wait but also i can't go to the theater anymore because i hate people and people are stupid so no i understand i perfectly understand Understand. I went to a matinee. Uh, yeah, it was a birthday present. My wife got from me, your from your whistle. Yes, we all went. Uh, my parents came up. We sat down in the theater. We got. We. I don't. You know. Of course, my opinion of the theater going experience would probably be changed if I saw any of the receipts. Uh, but Katie was very smart to keep those from. Oh my yeah, eyes, you don't. So I didn't. <laughs> I didn't want to see any of that. No. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we uh, we got there. It was a, a very nice theater, and it was empty because it was a matinee. It was on a Monday, and uh, it was it was good. Time. That's awesome. I like yeah. a good matinee empty theater, but again, I think, and we've talked about it, we're at the point where, just like the record industry, price itself out. So mm -hmm. instead of not being greedy, so what the record industry did is what the movie industry is doing is or has done and is now in the fucking death rattle of the movie industry. What the, what the music industry did was figure out the best, cheapest possible way to mass produce music and get it to the masses. Now the problem with that is the, that that we, we as a people figured out that cassettes were pretty cheap to make. Records, fairly cheap to make. Uh, 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 and CDs, the cheapest of all to make. But the problem is the record companies realize that if they found cheaper ways to make these things and charge the same, if not more, then people would just keep buying $19 albums they used to pay $10 for, blah, blah, blah. And in doing so, they pushed everything into marketing and all of this so that money just reciprocated into like the bureaucracy and not the creative. So artists got nothing. The, the, the industry standard was to make money no matter how you could. So, but that's where we're at with
with the movie industry. The movie industry priced its own films out from under movie theaters. So mm. movie theaters had to come up with a new way to make movies. Now, at the time, people hunt by the m millions are still going to theaters every weekend. It's still huge, but movie theaters need to figure out a way to do this. So they raise the prices on shit that costs us a dollar. So a giant bag of popcorn at Walmart, you could buy 16 packages and have a four and a half pound tub of popcorn for what you mm. pay for one popcorn at the movie theater because they've been priced out just like us, but they have to price it and make a profit and pay for people working there and the overhead and all that shit. So where we're at now is we have a thing we all feel nostalgic for and love and want so badly. I, me and Ryan Collins have seen so many films together. I probably couldn't, I couldn't number them, let alone name yeah. all of them. And we poured thousands and thousands of dollars into the movie industry and they didn't give anything to us because movie theaters couldn't secure, you, you can't keep somebody in to make sure people aren't talking. So movie theaters used to have ushers when you fucked around, you got kicked out. Movie theaters used to have people that walk by and pick stuff up, but in want to make profit because greed is a fucking a maniacal evil killer of all things creative and human. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so, so you have these guys that now just own places. It's a box. They have six kids. Of those kids, one's 18. He's the general manager. The rest of them are all 16 or older. They're all fucking around. Some of them, I don't know, irresponsible ones are probably shooting BB guns in the hallways. It, anything uh, could happen. Anything could happen. <laughs> Fake terrorist attack. You never know. Anything could happen with teenagers I mean, running a business. Running and a, a business, business that we are literally paying hundreds of dollars per visit to. Per visit. Yeah. And that's not a joke. Ryan only has two kids. I bet you money it was way more than a hundred. I don't bucks. even want to I don't even want to guess. Yeah. But so even uh, a matinee at 10 bucks per kid, it might be cheaper if you're out further yeah. into the suburb. But even at 10 bucks for me and my family to go, it is $60 to walk in the door. That's yep. no no beverages, no waters, no candies, no nothing. To walk in the door and sit down at the cheapest possible, it is $60 for my family. And sometimes that's a lot. Yeah. So, and there's other people. And even though they paid $60, they act like they don't care. They just have money to burn. Let's talk all the way through this picture. We just paid way too much <laughs> to be here for. And we'll let our kids run up and down the aisles. Yeah. Why not stay home for free and let your kid be a maniac? Yeah. You true. big fat tub. Not that it was a fat yeah, person. I'm being racist. I'm just saying in my brain, guy had a greasy ponytail and his kid was fat. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's talk about this a little bit because let's get uh, into it. You know, I remember listening uh, to a, a podcast. It was a news podcast um, early, earlier in the year. I want to say it was probably like late April, early May. Yeah. And it was talking about was Ben like, Shapiro, the blaze. Go ahead. It was. <laughs> 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 it was uh, uh, oh my I don't even God. know what if a, that's his show Ben what Shapiro a, what a dirty My secret. Dick is Smaller Than Me which is hard to do I think is the name of his biography <laughs> what a, my dick is what a dirty secret me. I would be harboring if that were true oh no, my God uh, I would be like I hate him so bad but man I've got every gotta day listen. Gotta, I gotta I listen gotta, listen no you don't because every guy you hated in high school is that guy except yeah. Warmier <laughs> he has all the bravado of a high school football quarterback with none of the physique like okay so far i'll our, have you know i've never actually pleasured a woman yes ben <laughs> we are aware so for our uh southern ohio listeners <laughs> oh that was the wrong one God. i gotta get better at the button sorry go ahead for, for our ohio perhaps kentucky and indiana listeners uh there is this a horrible radio station a talk radio station called wlw right oh and it's like yeah and it's just it's just right-wing propaganda it's horrible right uh and listen if if you're if you have a friend whose dad's or or if a guy has mirrored sunglasses and a truck that's way too big, 
Uh, and and he's in the southwestern Ohio regional tri-state area. He listens. Not only no. listens, he doesn't listen to anything else anything unless else. it's in the house where he goes to Fox News, which is just WOW right. with moving pictures. Now, it's, awesome. it's funny that you say that. It's funny that you say that because my dad, who has always been, you know, especially for the area, has always been pretty progressive. Like, he's always been super liberal. He's a lifelong Democrat, union guy, like, always that. Yeah. He has, since I was a kid, listened to WLW and done nothing but complain about it. He's about like, these people are all idiots. <laughs> like, I just listen to this. Like, I'm like, Dad, why do you listen to that? Here's why. <laughs> Here's why. I'll tell you why. Because even though your dad is those things, he's also set in the mindset of a trap. That manly things do not correspond with left wing right now. <laughs> so he has to listen to that because also they play all the sports shows, that's local true. sports shows, yeah, all the weather, all the local Cincinnati news that is not partisan. It's just the news locally. So it does, it's like NPR for 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 the Caucasian, <laughs> like for the for the for the for the not quite conservative Caucasian is what is what WW. But because you are progressive, you can't listen. What what your dad does because he wants to listen to that old guy news stuff in the and really there's no like not leaning. There's no there's not a left leaning Cincinnati station, but there's no just like Cincinnati station. Like really, if you want to just listen to news radio, there's I mean NPR is it, but NPR has been painted as like some leftist, uh, you know, communist utopia instead of like today we'll discuss, you know, knitting in Nepal. And you go, I don't want to listen. And then an hour later, you're like, I cannot believe those kids knit that. And you just go, but but your dad doesn't give a shit. I'm interested in knitting in Nepal. Your dad wants to hear about what's happening at fucking Procter & Gamble. So to make (laughs) himself feel better about the new stuff, he has to sit there and they go, and then the blacks. And he's like, wait a God. Oh, yeah. He gets so mad. He gets so mad. He's but... like, like other people's dads are like yelling at the radio, like in a green, in a green with yeah. uh, whoever, whatever <laughs> idiot is talking. My dad's yelling at the radio of like how this stupid this guy is, and I'm just like, why even do that? The to yourself? crime rate is high because of the over policing. I'm like, but dad, it makes just him feel. It, it also maybe that's your dad's way of like venting. Like maybe he wants to grab like ex coworkers and like go. Are you fucking kidding me? But instead he can't because he's just. A nice, he's a very nice fellow. Yeah. So maybe his his venting is at home going, I would like you're just gonna walk in one day he's on 700 going, I would stab you in the neck with a pen. <laughs> like, damn. Anyway, so, so that aside, my um, dad is not like that. The the the, <laughs> the podcast I was listening to uh was talking about summer movies. Wait, did we clear it up? Was it Ben Shapiro you were listening to? It was not. No, okay, it was it actually I feel wasn't. like you were beating around the bush whether or no, not. No, it was an, it was an NPR. I think it was uh consider this which is their evening yeah anyway anyway so uh not all things considered but consider this which is the pod the evening podcast where they take one story and they consider it in with a, peter segel uh so anyway and they were talking about the summer i said with peter segel you didn't correct me which means you don't really listen to npr which means you're no it wasn't peter Sagal. it wasn't peter because Sagal. peter segel hosts a whole different actually he doesn't even host anymore damn it yeah he doesn't see so anyway go will you get to your fucking point okay so <laughs> My fucking point. Anyway, as I was trying to say, uh, they were taught, they were previewing the summer movie season, and they were saying about all these move, new movies were coming out. They talked about the new Indiana Jones. They talked about the Mission Impossible. They talked about Barbie. They were talking about all the the big summer movies that are coming out, and how for like the first time, like the critics and everybody was were excited about the movies that were coming out because they all, even though you know a lot of them were sequels and of course franchises, they weren't just exclusively superhero movies. There yeah. was like. Oh, they talked about your favorite 
director Oppenheimer's new, uh, you know, the new film Oppenheimer by your favorite. Uh, and, and they were talking about how like, you know, like critics and, and, and movie watchers and stuff like that were like excited about that. But then the question of the show was, but is it enough to bring people back <laughs> to the movie theaters or yep. are they kind of done? And now, and I was thinking like, well, you know, Doug and I are done <laughs> because, because we're done, right? But it's uh, a good question. You made, made me wonder about it. Now, Indiana Jones, a, you know, 40-year-old franchise that had one major stumbling block, but other than that, every one of them was a huge, massive hit, right? And I even think the one that, that people, uh, for, I even think that one was still made a lot of money, right? It did now, good. Uh, now, the thing is, is like, Harrison Ford has been one of the biggest movie stars in the world for a long, long time. Uh, people are genuinely excited. It's been like over 10 years since the last one came out. You know, like, this was like a lot of buzz, right? A lot of marketing. And then the, the early reviews started coming in, and they were all positive. Like, every the Rotten Tomatoes was great. All Everybody was like, you know, hey, if you didn't like the last one, don't worry about it because this one is great. This is a, a, a great final send-off. Harrison Ford is great. The special effects are great. The de-aging is perfect. It was just talking about all this stuff, right? Yeah. So critically, you know, all that stuff. Uh, very excited. Very big IP. And then the fan reactions start coming in, and it's all positive. If you go on you look at, like, comments on social media, or if you go and you look at, like, IMDb and what people are saying, everybody's saying positive things. And it is flopping at the box office. So what Indiana Jones is? Yeah, it's flopping. because because it's a dead. Listen, so, I so maybe people aren't ready to come back. And the numbers listen, they're they not to. going to come back. It is a dead industry. The industry is dead. We're dead right now. It's that old man that won't give up his deli because for 40 years it kept him sustained. And now the last 10 he's spending his savings because it's just what he does. We are in the stages of this is just what we do. But the fact of the matter is TVs are bigger and cheaper. Sound bars, home theater systems are bigger and cheaper. It's to the point now where every bit of entertainment can be in a small box placed on a mantle, plugged in, and you literally have every form of entertainment you could want at your fingertips in your house where your stuff is. Yeah. So you don't I even think, have the, with streaming, you don't even have the barrier of like, well, I got to go buy the DVD. Or and I gotta go not to only that, store. but Disney, who is who, who looks to be in line, which they're the smartest, to really do a tiered structured program for their streaming service and anybody complaining should suck it because here's as a tattooist <laughs> here's why because as a tattooist i'm in a i'm a part of an industry where i haven't raised my prices very much matter of fact i'm probably too nice to my regular clients some of which i've been tattooing for two decades so when i haven't raised my prices very much in years because i don't think tattoos should be for people who are okay everybody should have the ability to get good tattoos now that sucks because sometimes i don't make as much money off tattoos as i should but on the flip side people who don't normally have money can have nice tattoos so i feel like what we're what Disney, maybe not on purpose because we know mostly the world doesn't work this way when humans and greed are involved. But what Disney has done is that they're looking like they might have a five or six ninety nine option, which would essentially be Disney Plus, but with Hulu style commercials. And Disney said it will be two to three, no more than one and a half minute per block. So no two minutes, which if you ask me, seven dollars a month to watch nonstop Disney, Star Wars, Marvel, new shows, cartoons, kids, adults, all that stuff. And all you have to do is watch some commercials. It's pretty awesome. And there are people out there who look at $12.99 and go, I know it's only $12.99. I can't afford $12.99 monthly. That's over $100 a year. Mm. So what Disney's doing with this new structured tiered program is making it cheaper for some people who can't afford it. And then they'll have expensive, more expensive options. The most expensive expensive will be almost $50 a month, which when I first heard that, I was like, get the fuck at $59.99 a month is the, 
is what I heard. And I went, that's fucking crazy. And then I thought about what we just talked about. And I went, so what? That's what it costs for me to pack my kids, get everybody ready, tear teeth at literally an hour. I don't know if you've ever tried to motivate four kids of varying ages <laughs> to get out of a house. It's Only not two, easy. and that's too much. It's too much. So $60 <laughs> at a matinee, just $60 one month. So for the price of taking my family without snack chips, drink sodas, anything, for the price of a movie a month, I could have Disney Premium, which would include every instantly dropped movie Disney brings out, which means that while it's in the theaters, they will restructure their prices with bigger company with those big production distribution companies and say, yes, we will release it. You'll get a week or two. And after that, it comes out on ours. And for $60 a month, you would get it instantly as well as everything else. No commercials, blah, blah, blah. And I went, it's possible. Like, I don't yeah. care about Netflix much. I don't care about Hulu much. I mostly watch Pluto TV, which is free because it's like, oh, I'll watch cops because it's like 3 a.m. TV all the time. So, <laughs> but the genius in that is I could also go for one month. I could wait till November of any year, pay $60, watch uh, every Disney movie that came out that year, catch up on every series and call it a day. And you know what Disney does? They don't give a shit. You know why? They got $60 for shit they were already doing. And it's genius. So as if you ask me, what we're talking about is the weapon that's killing the beast. And it's a beast that makes me sad as dying because it's something you and I yeah. especially fucking, I think yeah. we went with a lot of people who liked movies, but man, I really enjoyed the experience well, of going to the movies. Like my girls, uh, the, you know, I pointed out to them because they were super excited about going to the movie theater. Of course, they were mostly excited about the popcorn and the candy, but like they were, they were excited about going, but it was literally, it's been like since 2019 since we've been to an actual movie theater to watch a movie. And when I pointed that out to them, they were like, well, dad, when you were our age, uh, how many times did you get to go to the movie? A month is what they said. I said, girls, I would go multiple times per week. And that was before I even worked at a movie theater. Like yeah. I, would, I would seriously, I'd ride my bike or I would walk to Cinema West downtown or uptown Hamilton and, and watch whatever was on. Sometimes stuff that I'd already seen, yep. you know, and it was like just going to the movies was a blast. I would do that all the time. I would spend my allowance on that. That would be the thing I would do, especially during the summer. And now it's like once a year, maybe we go. What's funny is you bring that up and that, so you just coincidentally named another thing that the movie distribution or the movie industry overall fucking gapped itself out of. So what what would happen when Ryan and I were younger uh, is is you would like a new movie would come out. There would be two, maybe, well, especially with Cinema West only had two screens. So you'd have a movie come out and there would be a movie that had run the weekend previous open the weekend before or two weekends before. So really for a few weeks, new movies options was two. Mm -hmm. And usually if the theater was smart, they would do something family and something adult because that way you could garner the family stuff and you could. So like they seriously, because when they saw that, they went, what we need is more movies and more theaters. But in doing so, they took out what made it special. Like the department store visits in the 50s and the, on Sundays, it was a thing. But when it's everywhere all the time, it's not special. So they took something special where they were making grand money, man. Everybody was making money hand over fist and should have been happy, but they wanted more. What is a, what is, what does a smart man have that a rich man never will have, Ryan? Do you know? Enough. Yes. A smart man will have enough. These people aren't smart. They're not creative. They're not smart. They just want more. And unfortunately, that more is an arbitrary thing like rock-backed paper that doesn't really mean anything in the existential uh, uh, human experience. So I'm just saying, this sounds down. I'm sorry, we're down. It's not down. I We love the fucking movies. This is a little somber because I think we are. It's like talking about a, a, a friend we used to hang out with all the time who we kind of went, I don't know, man. He's run down to the people he has hanging out with him are assholes. I can just <laughs> imagine, like just like my dad with WLW, there's Ben Shapiro is probably listening to us right now. Like, these fucking idiots. Oh, I'm sure he is. <laughs> He's like, I'll have you know that uh, the American film industry. Uh, the free market. <laughs> <laughs>
capitalism. Oh, oh, I made a movie called My Tiny Wiener. <laughs> uh, I also made a boxing movie called Please God, Not the Face. <laughs> I'm Ben Shapiro. Oh my God, he's such a weeb. He is the biggest weeb. And what's funny is I bet he's the kind of dude that like, you know, he probably pays trainers to teach him MMA and like to feel that dude, him and then Jordan Peterson, their whole lives, all they've ever wanted to do is feel tough. Jordan. They've just wanted to feel tough their whole lives. You know what they'll never do? They'll never be tough. You know why? Because they're a henchman. Because the banes of the world, the 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 real bad guys are guys who have who have. I'm trying to think of like a good. They have a ferocity to a ferocity to them. They have um a, a phys physical and mental strength that like and you know the, the, not these alpha male gym bro guys, but like guys who are really dangerous who do weird strange. Usually they end up like fucking dictators or like terrorists <laughs> or something crazy. But the reason it's the it's the Al Capone. That's the perfect example. The reason it's the not smart guys who would smash your brain with a brick in a fucking crowded room because they don't care that win the day but those guys need little fucking twerps like Jordan Peterson and like Ben Shapiro to sit in the back because those guys are Great smart word, twerp twerp he's a fuck they're both twerps <laughs> I'd like to pick Ben Shapiro up by his ankles and hit Jordan Peterson with him <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, uh, so, but they're different people. Uh, uh, Jordan, uh, 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 Ben Shapiro is a, is a nurturer. Uh, he's the way he is because his parents told him he was great and amazing, but also they were probably racist and homophobic. So, <laughs> so he was told you could be and do whatever you want, little Benny. You go out, little Benjamin, and go do it. And he goes, can I hate black people, dad? And they go, and gays. And he goes, all right. And his parents were screenwriters. All he ever wanted to be was famous for being a, a movie star. Instead, what he does is tell bigger, stronger, dumber people what they want to hear and they protect him. <laughs> and that's where, and that's a smart you know, play. It's a way to live your life. It's a worm Jordan tongue. Uh, uh, Tolkien wrote about him. Ben Shapiro yeah. is worm tongue. Is worm tongue. Yeah, a thousand percent. And much like Gandalf said, Ben Shapiro, I would love it if you kept your four fucking tongue behind your venom dripping fangs for if another word leaves your mouth, I will fly <laughs> you into the afterlife like you deserve. That's yes. not a direct quote, but it's paraphrase. That is Gandalf's yeah. whim. <laughs> yes, that's, that's, what, that's what he wanted. Oh, there's that great line of Aramir's in there too. You're, I have a what, uh, you have haunted my sister's footsteps for too long. And that's him going, you pervy creep, quit staring at my sister. <laughs> oh man, writing's cool. I see why you like it, Ryan. <laughs> haunted. Listen, from a writer's standpoint, that's a great line. That line brings in, like, I'm sorry, I know this is a digression, but I don't know why that hit me. That worm tongue, the whole worm tongue thing is my favorite part of the books, That the whole Rohan thing, just because it's such a good move by Sauron to to take Theoden. Anyway, I love that whole scene in the, in the, in the book, or in the movie especially because I love um oh Car is it Carl Urban right yeah Carl Urban played fuck I could love that handsome here. fucker yeah. um so but man that line of you've haunted my sister's footsteps for so long for too long is like I love anyway sorry writing's cool words are awesome go ahead Ryan he's what a stalker he's a stalker no, Wait, do just, you watch the boys by the way I have watched the first season of the boys I, I need you to, I need you to watch all of the boys because we have to talk about the boys I, I don't Carl know Urban. I, don't, I don't know I did watch the first episode of the second season and I was like I, maybe it was just the mood I was in like don't, I'm not criticizing was it the, the sex party the, no no i'm not criticizing no. the quality of the show it's just when the uh what's her name uh esposito's when her head blew up yes like i was just like i don't know if i can do the violence anymore listen it's anymore. here i will do this as a friend don't watch it <laughs> i'm just gonna listen don't watch it don't listen because because they got <laughs> Bezos money, dog. Yeah. Like, they and have was Bezos <laughs> money. So, like, cannot listen. So, I, you're I saying that wasn't the peak. That was the valley, and it's just going to get... <laughs>
Okay, okay. Strap in for spoilers, season three. Okay. We open up. That's season two. I haven't even gotten. That's what I'm saying. You'll never get there. Trust me, you wouldn't make it through season two if 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 gore, if the violence is your issue, like season two alone, but season three. So there's once a year, like a three-day superhero sex party at like this dude's house. Like the stretch his name's a stretcher, he just stretches. And when they and all the superheroes go, because you can do it because you can't hurt any, like it's like you just go and fuck. And the guy stretches. So you'll never get whispering. You never well through the floor. Some of the other so you'll never guess who opens the door because it's his penis. His penis opens oh the door because he's Stretch. rubber. He's Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so at some point, it's of course, it's the boys. So you could just imagine it's yeah. the Star Wars right, cantina of orgies, yeah. right? And it's very great. There is a lot going on. And at one point, <laughs> a guy, Micro Mike or something, shrinks way down and goes into the stretcher's urethra oh and God. is like inside doing some, some orgy stuff, right? Yeah. And then he sneezes oh inside and then he's no longer inside because he sneezed because he grew bigger is that what you're saying yeah. human sized inside uh, of inside of in the, and and, and I will say this they did a remarkable job because I can't imagine what a full grown man or a, a miniature man growing to full size inside someone's urethra inside of an orgy at a superhero party would look like but it seemed pretty accurate. and it was the point where I for four minutes because it's that's the kind of show it is where it just leaves you on shit like that it was probably a good 30 seconds of me going ah oh, oh. <laughs> Yeah, it was not great. So maybe don't watch it. But yeah. the storyline's really good. Well, I don't. I don't know if it's so much gore as it is <laughs> just like just the, the how cheap life is in that show. Oh, so yeah. This sort of sort of where I got with with uh, with Game of Thrones. I was just like everybody's just dead and nobody cares. You know I what I mean? It's just like people die horribly, and it's yeah. just like it's just like yeah, we just do that because it's eh, you know whatever. I also but, think it gives people an inaccurate history of what wars were really like. Medieval times were not just people walking around stabbing and raping each other. Most of the time, you just try to find food and keep your family alive. Yeah. It's a lot of it. A lot of it was that. What you see in Game of Thrones... I mean, it's just like, oh, there's a farm. Well, let's kill everybody there and sleep in the barn for the night. It's not normally how it happened. <laughs> Game of Thrones, they just go, oh, there's the butcher's boy. Stab. Stab. Quit being a butcher's Wait, boy. First, we're going to have a whole episode where you fall in love with that character, and then we're going to... Oh, yeah. And, Rest in know. peace, Oberon. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> oh, Ryan got mad. No, <laughs> not mad. That's just... I, there's nothing more to say about it. I mean, that's... We pinpointed exactly what my, my issue was. <laughs> <laughs> got the meat of it. So, so, uh, so Dial of Destiny, you love. Oh yeah, so good. Um, I mean, there was there was a lot of stuff. I don't want to spoil anything. Uh, yeah, it, there's a rip roaring adventure. I mean, I will spoil that. So you know, classic Indiana Jones. There's Nazis. Um, yeah, always good to see Indiana Jones. Man, see, that's the problem though. Is like when major film franchises go woke. Like my <laughs> my Indiana Jones didn't punch Nazis he, back in no. my day. No, he never. No, he killed. held their heads up yes. to the propeller of a double. That's engine right. warplane yes. and lopped them off. And he shot four of them with one bullet. One uh, bullet. You know, at the, at the same time. Also know, has, so. a, has a has a pan, a book signed by Adolf. He did nothing to stop a bunch of their faces melting off. He just he sat did, there. As a matter of fact, turned away. Turned away. I'm going to watch. Yeah. Just let it happen. See how much he cares. Also, so. don't know if you know this, but when Nazis are hit with the holy light of God, melt like a candle. They melt like a candle. Yeah, so, just like a candle. Just like a candle. So, if you have one of those big Catholic candles at your home and you suspect one of your friends might be racist, light it, 
And if there's slight melting or waxiness yeah. to his face, if, they, if their face probably is not. If their face is through, <laughs> or another good one is if your friend comes in and goes, "Ah, uh, do you have any jewels in your basement?" You could go. My friend might be a might be a Nazi. Yeah. And then you go, but Jews don't really hide in people's basements anymore. It was like a very short time. Also, yeah, that literally accidentally just summed up like American Nazism. Do you have jewels in your basement? That's not a thing here. Yeah. Oh, okay. Guess <laughs> okay. I'm going to burn this building down. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to park my truck at a Walmart parking lot and hang out with my friends. I'm going to burn this building down and run run drugs for people for some reason. That's what I'm going to do. It's uh, always weird. <laughs> We're like, I'm doing this to protect kids. And they're like, well, pedophile Ronnie Johnson has been arrested 32 <laughs> times. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Restoring, it's possible your life sucks and you're just picking other people to blame, Ronnie Johnson. Restoring also, three pallets of, of heroin. <laughs> it is. It's like a closet full of rocket uh, launchers. Yeah. <laughs> protect our kids. Oh, yeah. Hello Kitty band-aids, uh, <laughs> methamphetamines, and uh, three packages of Sudafed. <laughs> like, wow, Hello Kitty methamphetamine. Yeah, there you go. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, I don't want to spoil anything, but anyway, there are Nazis. Uh, the de-aging part, like much like um, yeah, Last Last Crusade, there's, oh, yeah. uh, there's like a, a, a prologue that takes place during World War II, which is the first time we've ever seen Indy in World War II. We've always seen him before it, you know. Yeah. It, but never during it. And, uh, you know, it's great, great stuff. Um, Sola makes an appearance, which that's in the trailer, so that's not yeah, awesome. that's awesome. But uh, yeah, so good stuff. But hey, do you remember how uh, uh, how Hank Senior figured out that she was a Nazi because she talks in her sleep? She fucking talked in her sleep. I love you so much. <laughs> she talked in her sleep. Yes, uh, this <laughs> is how she spoke German in her sleep. <laughs> this is how we say goodbye in Austria, Doctor Jones, and this is how we say goodbye in Germany. Germany. <laughs> I, I preferred the Austrian way. <laughs> So Listen, also Sean Connery running down a beach chicken with an umbrella will yeah. always be one of the funniest me- I don't know why, but him <laughs> and just running a beach. Yeah. Also, great. he weirdly did good literary quotes too. My yeah. army shall be the birds. Whatever it is, but yeah, Indiana Jones is awesome. We should change the name of the podcast. <laughs> We are now uh, on Num Shibai. No, no, we'll call ourselves Named After the Dog. There you go. Oh, my God. No, <laughs> the, it would just be the podcast of Henry Jones Jr. <laughs> but no, uh, so so anyway, uh, you will see that the world uh, has 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 left Indiana Jones behind. That perhaps the world in 1969. It, it, <gasps> Indiana the summer Jones, of love? Yes. No, no longer has a no longer has a place for someone like Doc Jones. Now, uh, most of this is illustrated perfectly uh, in the classroom scene because, you know, most Indiana Jones films have a classroom scene. They always have a classroom scene. Because, and first and foremost, Indiana Jones a, is an educator. Yeah. So, uh, perhaps you goose-steppy morons would learn a thing or two if you spent time reading books instead of burning. Actually, anyway. read read the the right books. Yeah. <laughs> Don't read opinion-based books that but, uh, suit your... Whatever. In this classroom scene, we see that uh, Dr. Jones has, has lost it. He's lost his, his spark. You know, he no longer has you know people beating down his office door to he doesn't have to sneak outside of a building to, you know get away from I, the students i will call so. bullshit because i've seen him interviewed like 50 times because of tiktok like doing press junkets for this and there wasn't a female fucking reporter from any nation on this earth i heard two australian girls i heard an indian woman i heard a girl from england i heard two american reporters and the second he sat down every one of them i mean for 70 blah 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 blah, blah like at some point harrison fortune 
but my fucking eyes are up here, man. Like he was. So I'm just saying, like, I know there was no, I love you eyelids yes, and stuff it, like that. I'm not referring to that necessarily. Uh, I'm referring more to the fact that uh, he can't hold their attention the way that he used to. Because, oh, I because thought- see, that this is 1969, which is the year we went to the moon. Yes. And uh, the, 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 the thoughts are elsewhere, not on. Oh, because it's not history. It's future. Yeah. Oh, right. just like Andy and Toy Story when Buzz happened. Yeah. <gasps> Indiana Jones 5 is basically just Toy Story retold. I mean, Woody basically wears a hat just like Indiana Jones, though. Oh Same my. story. Indiana Jones kind of is Woody and Buzz <laughs> smushed a little together. He's an adventuring nerd. <laughs> but but yeah, so anyway, uh, and then of course they go on an adventure with some perhaps supernatural shenanigans and uh, yeah. it's, it's just, it's good Which time. is normal. Normal. Stop acting like Indiana Jones is not does not take place in a supernatural world. Yeah. And there's references uh, to my favorite Indiana Jones film. And this is a revelation that I came to just recently upon rewatching it and realizing that it has always been my favorite one. And that is uh, Temple of Doom. Yeah, it's everybody's favorite. That's our age, Ryan. I think most people hate Temple of Doom. I think think most people are fucking idiots. I think before Crystal Skull, the one that everybody was like, let's forget about that one where he rips the heart out of the guy. And I feel like, because I feel like in Temple of Doom, which, fun fact, takes place before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Takes place, I think, five years before. Five years. Yeah, for sure. Um, That is is like just indie being indie, you know? I feel like it's the first time <clears throat> and if you notice, and if you notice that every time that indie is like saying that thing belongs in a museum, whatever it is he's chasing belongs in a museum, it's because he's trying to get it before some evildoer gets it. Yeah. The only time where he says it does not belong in a museum is when, when he gives the Shankara stones back to the villagers because it would just be another rock collecting dust yep. because it's a living artifact. It's not some ancient thing that somebody's trying to steal and use for other purposes. Yeah. So, and he changes because he starts out and, he, and it's got some of the great greatest lines in it like nice try Lao Shea and then he shuts the door and it says Lao Shea on it. I mean come on that's great. <laughs> All that stuff is great. It's got the blood of Kali. I mean it's you know it's listen Molarams, alligators just eating people. Listen I, mean, I think, think they'd be hungry they only eat once a month but they're eating everybody. Uh, also yeah. that's a lot of fucking alligators. There was a lot. lot. That's a lot yeah. and in nature probably doesn't happen. But again that's yeah. a cult. You never know how many sure. people get thrown down there. Could be where they get Maybe that happens all the time. Also, I did not realize that in um, not is it Raiders? What does Raiders start out in the cave with the rolling ball, right? Yes, that's Raiders. So I just rewatched Raiders less than a week ago. Actually, I rewatched all of them less than a week ago. But uh, I did not realize that Doc Ock is the one at the very oh, yeah. beginning. Alfred Molina. I, yeah. I saw the name and I went Alfred Molina. I go, that's Doctor Octopus. And the second I said it, I go, oh my, look how young! I I did the old man thing. I was like, oh my god, look how young young he is. He's basically a kid. Hard to recognize him with a spike sticking through his eye, though. Uh, Why? Well, I, I recognized him before the spike bit. Uh, Throw me the idol, give me the whip bit. Yeah. And then afterwards, I went, oh, that's what Doc Ock would look like if Spider-Man would have fucking chucked him <laughs> with a spear. <laughs> Yeah, he didn't make it. Which my uh, my oldest has become a uh, this new latest Spider-Man movie. Well, the uh, the first Miles Morales, and now this this one. They like their whole group of friends is they're all Spider-Man junkies. Like cracked open my long white boxes. There's a hundred Spider-Man comics laying out in really? his bedroom right now. That's exactly what I said. I said good. And there's other comics. You should read all of these because you yeah. might find other stuff that's good. There's and like, I said you only like hundred years of comics you could read. I and I said listen, you only know motion picture and moving Spider. 
Spider-Man. You don't know like well thought out, properly written, but literary Spider-Man is way good. So I'm pretty excited about that. Also, I have not seen the new Spider-Man movie. I'm trying to think if I watched anything new. I heard uh, that, uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Jesus Christ. Marvel guy. What's his name? Oh, uh, Jim Lee. Not Jim Lee. No, the, the Stan Lee. There you oh. go. Stan Lee. Uh, <laughs> I heard him say in an interview that uh, apparently he tried to settle. Hit me out of this coffin. That was obviously before before he passed away. Um, That he said that uh, Gwen Stacy was always the love of of Peter Parker's life and not MJ. Uh, MJ is 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 high school. MJ is is you figuring out life in general. So like usually your high school sweetheart, the reason it doesn't work is because that's how you learn how to love and share and like you guys lucked out. It just worked. You know what I mean? But we didn't go high school together. So yeah, you were not at all. So never mind. You were after. I mean, she might have been in high school because you're like a pedophile or whatever. But she, but you were not in high school for sure. You're going to need a bigger potion. Oh, that man. was a perfect one. <laughs> oh, God. I may have just fine. earthquaked my table. But Gwen Stacy, that's the that's the one. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah I'm uh, I'm excited about, like, I like the idea that we're, we're also changing up styles of stuff. I think that's another thing that's coming, is I think movie industries have to understand, or movie production companies, is that, like, me and the wife were just talking about this, because I want to work on it, but we have a bunch of big plans that we want to do. And we save, but, but it's very minuscule. You know, it's just like, we got fucking bills to pay and stuff, so it's hard to, like, find those. So we've been talking about like ways to save and dude, we bought in fucking Hulu and Netflix and we got all these subscriptions and shit like that. And I'm looking at going, man, I would venture a guess if I canceled every paid subscription to like a, like a streaming service that I, outside of the baby, but even she wouldn't care. I bet you my kids watch 90% of, of YouTube. Mm-hmm. 90% of their intake is free programming on a pirate television station, basically. Mm-hmm. And I sit and look at stuff like that and my old man brain goes, man, you just make movies. I could just, we could just make, you and I could write and make movies. We could come up to your house and shoot them in a weekend. Like, we literally could do that stuff. And I think what the movie industry isn't realizing, and the fact that we know they're not realizing is because fucking Chris Nolan is still making movies. Like, and not in like a bad way, but he's still making movies that they're pumping hundreds of millions of dollars into, that they're going to put another 50 million in to advertise that for the most part are not for the masses. He does not make movie for the masses. He makes movies for pseudo-intellectual people and people that think that they're intellectual, which is what pseudo-intellectual is, but I want the fake pseudo-intellectual people to know what I'm talking about. No, you're talking. So, <laughs> so, but it just it, it just seems to be like what we've what we're what we're experiencing in human creativity right now is a lapse. And the reason it's a lapse is because the people who control the output of creativity are not creative, uh, uh, uh boring leches. Is that is that a proper you think proper yeah. definition? So, but what you see in people like Mr. Beast, not leches, and, not leches, that'd be, be fucking dope. I'd be like, they'd be like, <laughs> well, uh, if you want to make a movie with Fox 19 or Fox 20th Century Fox, you must buy the Mezzeron. And, like, and you just go into the studio and he's like raising dead. Ex- he's like, you must fight Marlon Brando and oh Richard Pryor. And he's just raising people from the dead. Oh my God. And if you beat him, that would not be you fun. take over the street. You become that president would, of that movies. Would not be fun. That would it does not, not seem fun. Also, leave it to a lich. Take a perfect hiding place. Yeah. Movie industry. It's like vampires telling you what. Listen, if, sorry, I I will say this with 100% accuracy. 20th Century Fox is either run by a ledge or a lich. Or a, or I'm a not 100%. Yeah. So it's either a gluttonous, greedy, horrible pig monster that is most likely guilty of horrendous crimes against humanity or he's just a really powerful wizard that accidentally died and then forced himself with magic to come back to life. So it's one or the other. Yeah. And uh, yeah, either way, it's bad for us. Yeah. <laughs>
Oh also, God. I'm now I'm terrified of undead shark. Yeah, That's just when you thought scarier. it was safe, just when you thought it was safe to kill a wizard. I wish that had little sparkles at the beginning because it would be. But I did not. But now I'm in because we could. This is our new intro. <laughs> Any, I can't turn it off. Wait, stop it! It's just gotta keep going. We're gonna need a bigger boat and a longer podcast. Anyway, I just realized what I'm gonna add to that. Ship's too long. That's, I'm gonna have a whole button for just stuff that's bigger. Ship's too long. If I walk, the movie would be over. Anyway, um, so so, but what we're doing in in this creative space is the fact that we have people like Mr. Beast or like these people on TikTok who do like short movies or short TV shows or produce small comedies. And what the movie industry isn't doing, again, like what the tobacco industry isn't doing, is they're not scooping up these smart fucking kids. I just watched an interview with Mr. Beast. Seems like a nice guy. Does a lot of philanthropy. Makes so much money producing stuff with his friends, right? Mm -hmm. That's all he does. And I just watched and he did like this business interview. And he goes, well, my biggest problem is I want to help people by like helping them advertise and stuff. He goes, the problem is most of my videos hit about 200 million views within the first couple months. And he goes, and he goes, and I'm not saying anything. I would just like to say that 101 million people watch the Super Bowl. So every one of my videos pulls Super Bowl numbers. Mm. And I hate to say it, they can't afford to advertise with me because it, every one of my videos sees 200. He goes, literally, if you think about that, a fourth of the United States watches my videos when I drop them. And he goes, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying I drop a video. This is what happens. So how the, how the movie industry is it looking at a kid like this with a platform like this who just did it on elbow grease and grit and they don't look at that kid and go we need to pick his brain and that's the new realm that's what we need to figure out is how to do this but instead we're Christopher Nolling up uh, it, and don't get me wrong guys I fucking love movies I love actors every I, me and the wife just watched a trailer for Oppenheimer last night and it's one of those movies where every time someone new shows up you go that's fucking bah. that's fucking that's that's and everybody in the movie is super famous super talented some of these people give me goosebumps when they act I love movies I love movies what I hate is the greed and and the arbitrariness of a creative of probably the greatest creative industry the greatest creative industry Ryan not a doubt in my mind 16 chapels awesome never seen it because it's not mass producible hit show me hit show 50 million people we I have spent thousands to go see it so we are literally at the time in the best possible realm for media and unfortunately it's still being read led by these in dopes these idiots that don't know what they're doing they know how to make money they don't know how to make art it makes me angry so that's where we're at so so the reason, but we are slowly going. That's why Indiana Jones was fun. But that's a block we got to, Shia's big, sell Shia. She's big, sell her. Who, who was the villain, the Nazi girl in the in that one? Uh, <laughs> that Tilda? Kate Blanchett, similar but different. Kate Blanchett <laughs> and Tilda Swinton. Uh, so, but like when you, when you look at that, that movie was to put asses in seats in gummy theaters with shitty popcorn and teenagers. That's what that movie was. So what we do see is we do know companies are moving more, going back to fun. The reason Maverick did so well is because Tom Cruise is a fucking amazing actor. It did so well because they knew what they were making. It's a washed up old ace fighter pilot who comes back to show new fighter pilots he's still got a thing. They didn't try to judge it. They didn't make it a, a, a politi neopolitical statement. They didn't make a, a, a statement on the rights of, of the working class. They didn't make it a statement on gay rights. They went, here's an hour and a half. Just don't think about shit. Watch Tom Cruise fly a plane. And I think that's what the new Indiana Jones is. I did watch the new Guardians. It was funny. It was exactly like the last Guardians, which was exactly like the Guardians before. They're not even fun anymore because it's such a it's such a cookie cutter it, like it's just this happens this happens this happens yeah chris pratt makes a joke she's green but she's pretty oh the tree said group guys we all love that so like it's not creative and it sucks because they're stymieing creative people behind all this stuff dave batista was a giant
giant wrestler who was going to wrestle his whole life and realized he's pretty funny and naturally just can act like a big dopey guy. But instead, I, I just don't want to see Drax anymore. I just want to move on because it's not creative because that's what they're doing. So when we see these like this, this Indiana Jones, which is fun, I'm hoping that's what we do. But really, I'm hoping that that movie theaters become arcades. They are awesome. And if you think about it, if they figure out a way to go back to it, they will make just as much money as they are now because you'll create something. You'll create something a family wants to do, but you're not going to do it at $150 for a family of four. Mm -hmm. And you're not going to do it 60 times a week. You can't keep releasing these giant blockbusters every weekend. It worked before because we can spend money monthly. Can't spend it weekly. Nobody can. So, man, this just turned into an old guy bitch. We're not bitching. I think we're mad because this is a love of ours. And not only that, but Ryan and I, the, the two things I would say Ryan and I probably closely marriage, and we agree on very, well, I mean, movie-wise, we agree on a lot. We like similar, but nowhere near the same stuff. So, like, it's important to us because, like, art, it's what you, every moment in your life is fucking sold on by what movie you watched at the time, what music you were listening to in the car with your friends, what fucking potpourri, and if you don't think, like, potpourri is not art, that, like, scent, like, even putting, like, smells together, that's art. And we live in a culture and a society where they, they've monetized shit that makes us happy, and then they sell it to us, which makes us unhappy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and we take it, but right now, all of us, everybody listening, in your pocket, you have a music studio, an art studio, a movie studio, a fucking camera, a goddamn typewriter with spell check, with a thesaurus, with a dick, everything you need. And now there's AI where you could take a paragraph that's okay written, filter it through and go, how could I make this sound better? What words do I need? What do I need to do? We are at the height of human creativity. We have every possible known brush and every possible typewriter and font and letter. We know everything. And it is controlled by people who use it to make ones and zeros move from bank to bank. And it's trying and it makes me tired because I'm a creative. And as I get older, I've realized all I want to do is create. I don't, and I create for a living and it doesn't, like tattooing is my job. So it is creating and I have fun. I love my clients and I like doing it, but it isn't fulfilling me creatively because I have to do it for a job. So like painting and and and, and working with you and, and doing other things is what is what drives me to be happy. But the problem is I've been trained just like we all have to go, well, how do like me and Ryan make a song and then make money off of it? But well, even saying that we don't because we don't monetize this podcast. I would want to monetize. I don't give a shit about making money. I don't care about talking with my friend. And if some people, if, if Joffrey Mailman McMailman listens or, our, you know, our loyal listener, our loyal listen and, and, and Tyler, I know you're out there. We're going to have him on, by the way, special guest. I've already talked to him. He's down. And because I had a rule where I only wanted to talk to nerdy dads, <laughs> I was like, well, fuck, Tyler's going to have to come in, but he's Joffrey Mailman McMailman. He's got to come in. He did it. He got married within months, got a girl pregnant. So well, there you go. And it's his wife. So poofer. Good job. Hey. <laughs> so, but, uh, and she's awesome. I mean, they're like you and Katie. They've just been together for, it's like 24, dude. He's got his shit together, but they've been together forever. Got married, had a kid, bought a house. He's like, he's just killing it. That kid's killing it. And you'd like him. He's fun and he's great. And, and, and he loves us for some goddamn reason. Man, that was like half my life ago. What's 24. that? 24. 24, Collins. Yeah, 24. 24 years ago, I was 20 years younger and weighed half <laughs> or weighed <laughs> twice as much. So there you go. Anyway, yeah. so, but like, like I, and I know we'll get to some yucks and, and some, and some chuckle, but like, I, I, I'm in this weird place where like, I, I just worked on a painting. I need to send you a picture. I made a mistake. I, I fucking, I varnished it and I thought I used a matte varnish. You have an artist wife. I don't know. So I thought I used a matte varnish. I used a glossy varnish. Now like there's highlights, but I spent for, I'm, I'm starting a series called 1% of the Galaxy, right? It sounds so <laughs> stupid. But the first one I painted is a desert scene decommissioned ATAT. -AT. There's graffiti on it. There's Princess Leia. I 
wrote like fuck the empire in Arabic, but it's way, way back. And there's, it's been emptied out and there's people in the stands. And I made a little track with like guys on speeder bikes, but with, like leather vests and they're just cruising the desert. And there's some people up front, like smoking and sitting on like the, the, the foot of the ATAT, but it's way far away. And there's like string lights and there's a box for like commentators. Cause it's a fucking motorcycle race, but on speeder bikes. And when I started doing, it, I went, Oh, it'd be cool to do like different styles of speeder, but like motorcycle culture, but in the Star Wars universe. So one percenter being one percent of motorcycle riders are criminals and biker gang. That's why one percent gangs call themselves one percenters. Mm. And I thought how funny it would be to do one percent of the galaxy. So I start actually, well, I'll show you after because these, uh, but I'll tell everybody. So like I, <laughs> I probably put about 40 hours worth of work into this painting. Never mind. I'm a fast, I, I paint fast. I want to get shit done and go, that's good enough. Let's move on. And I, I quickly or recently went, no, just keep working until you feel like you just are done with it. So I just kept putting time. It cha- Originally, it was a rave and there was like a like a DJ inside and it was going to be like a burning man in the desert after the empire fell. And then I went, no, it's a vacuum. So as I'm going, I'm repainting and rechanging the story of a painting I'm doing. Never done it in my life. Normally, I'm very cut and dry. And so now I'm working on one in Coruscant and it's rainy and like there's like, it, but it's at the heart of the empire. So like the, the neons are the big like LED signs. Like there's one with a, that real big and neon light says join and it just has like the picture of a stormtrooper and it's going to have like travel, exotic location, you know, blah, blah, blah. And there's one, I did a Praetorian guard. It just says obey in the online, just shit like that. Like what would the empire do in the, in the dregs of, but also that background in the foreground, I'm going to have like really fancy, like almost like, uh, like Kawasaki's and Yamaha, like the guys on city street, uh, speeder bikes, not dirty, you know, just get it around, but guys who like soup them up and put like, you know, like the modern Fast gang almost furious. like Fast and Furious, but like on Coruscant, like in the middle of the city. So like I, but in my brain, I go, but now I sit on this. I can't sell that. Like normally I do eight by tens or nine by twelves for like a hundred bucks. I can't possibly sell that for a hundred dollars because just the 40 hours I put into it means that I'm giving it away for pennies. Mm-hmm. But also it's eight by 10 and we live in a world where people go, well, it's got to be bigger or photorealistic or it's got to be something to be worth extra money. So I had this eight by 10 that I spent 40 hours on and we live in a world where they have stymied creativity to a monetary value so much that I'm torn on what to do with it. Do I hold on to it and try to get a gallery show where I maybe can sell it for what I think it might be worth? Do I slap what I think's worth on it? Hopefully it sells, but probably end up on my wall or a wall at the shop. You know what I mean? And as I think about that shit, I think about the fact that like you can't just write a book and publish it. You can't yeah. because the industry says we don't allow that. But why? Like that's what that's what I'm saying. The, the roadblocks are created by people that own the, the roads and it's unfair and it sucks. And we are a part of we can't do anything about it. We have to work jobs to make money to do the stuff we want to do on the side. And it, I'm just I, I just can't anymore. So what I'm saying is stop going to the movie theater. Stop buying albums. Stop buying DVDs. Stop buying video games in hard form. Only buy digital. Only stream new movies. When they come out and go, yeah, but it's 30 bucks. You might as well go to the theater. Go, fuck you. I'm staying in my house. I'm going to pause it. I'm going to eat what I want with my kids. I'm telling you right now. And I, this sucks to say because, man, I love good album art. There's albums on my wall. I got albums over here. I got albums over there. I got stacks of DVDs. I love, Ryan can attest. Ryan worked at a company that did nothing but fed this addiction to me and other people. <clears throat> but what I'm saying is the quicker we, A, stop getting rid of this physical shit. Got to get rid of it. A, killing the planet. Plastics, bullshit. All of this is plastic. It's all nonsense. And we don't need it. The space all that shit took up, we all know. Now it's like Funkos. You go into somebody's house and their living room looks like a retail store because there's 8,000 Funkos. I had like that. I took Funkos out and put them on shelves. They take up literally one fifteenth of the actual area. Like you put it on a shelf, it's this big. It's amazing. So, but like, like I'm just so, I just hate the fact that we feel like we have to monetize our creativity. Oh, I want to learn to crochet. I should make scarves. The problem with that is then you're monetizing what you're doing instead of just having fun. So you're not going to make fun stuff. You're going to 
make fucking scarves because you think that's where your intrinsic value in art lies. And that's where the music industry or movie industry is now. It's called in in writing, it's called writing to the market. Like you write what you think the market wants, not the story that you want to tell. And listen, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Every great writer in the world through through natural progression in like modern culture writes for newspapers, writes articles to get mass produced for magazines, write for websites where they can make, it's called bread and butter. You, you can placate. I make office art. I recreate scenes from the office sometimes and paint pictures and sell prints of it. There's nothing wrong with pandering to people who like what you do and to what they like. I love the office. They love the office. Why would I not make more? But that's bread and butter. I enjoy doing it. It doesn't like move me. My A painting of Michael Scott doesn't move me, my soul as a creative. I love it. I have fun. But what it does do is allow me to try to make some money to do these Star Wars paintings or these other paintings. And what things like social media have done is made it to where it's very hard to just have a hobby and enjoy it. Yeah. And, but it's a hobby. It's not a hobby. It's a side hustle. Even people, a ho- people, people don't have it. hobbies anymore. They have side hustles. But even the term hobby isn't a thing. It's not a thing. Look at Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones is not a fucking uh, 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 an adventure seeker. He's not even an archaeologist. He's a per- Indiana Jones knows that there's no real money in finding history and giving it so other people can see it. So he maintains not only a, a job, one of the lowest paying, shittiest respected jobs in the world, a college professor. <laughs> so he chose that so that he could go do his side hustle. And guess what? He didn't make, he didn't sell that to fucking uh, to, to museums. He did that because it's what moved his soul. He, Indiana Jones made zero profit. Everything he did, and I'm sure he probably, archaeologists do get stipends from people, go find this stuff, go find that stuff. Yes, but uh, he, yeah, he, got a, he got paid by, at least in one of the movies they referenced that he gets paid by the university. That by the university to go do these things because of course your university, you have Indiana Jones, you want to sell. He's a marketable product to sell. Anyway, so I feel very bad. This was supposed to be a fun one and I feel like we, it's important we to talk about though because we are yeah. creative though and it, it hurts my brain that like, like Tyler's creative. Like he, that kid makes, like has one of those beat, like, like one of those sample box, those giant. You explained that perfectly. Yeah, you went, but yeah, I've been there. Oh, it's one of the Okay, I'm sorry. Okay. I'll have you know that Ben Shapiro prefers that if you do a sound engineering, you use the proper terms. Uh, so sorry, right? He has a a, a MIDI sampling a computer machine. Is that better? You yeah, that's, that's better. Oh my Why God. do you keep bringing up Ben Shapiro? I don't know. I hate him so much. <laughs> I just want to make fun of him. I wish he was listening. I kind of do like hope a yeah. clip gets to him because even better than that is like his little gross minions. Like these yeah. are the people that go, we know where you live and then they pizza to your house and you go, ha, oh, we didn't pay for it. You go, well, I just made him leave. Yeah. Like, yeah, I have Google. It's not hard to find people, but like that's those, those faceless little work. Like, listen, if you want to prove your masculinity to me, don't hide. Don't like, if you hate people, don't hide. You want to prove that you're tough and that you're all about the the, the proper the, you're talking about people facing consequences for their actions and we just don't do that nowadays we don't know that's what men and women that's what adults do is face the consequences and you know what else adult men and women do they have uh, uh faith in their convictions so yeah. if your conviction is so faithless that you hide yourself online and call people names or order pizzas or death threats to like uh school uh school counselors in in Noma, uh, omaha because they said that gay lives are, are fine. You're a fucking puss, dude. Your whole life is pointless. Your kids hate you. Your fucking wife hates you. That's probably why she's cheating on you. That's why your kids, when they grow up, they will not talk to you. You'll die cold, alone, not even hospice. It'll be a fucking trailer park or that fucking rose up, rose up truck you seem to love so much. Is where you're going to die cold and alone 
even your friends don't like you. They have to deal with you because like you, they also are fucking despots who just have no place in this modern society. So stay hidden because it's more fun, but just know that you'll die empty and alone. Nothing, nothing except your hatred and hatred that will forever be on the internet. So even if nobody ever finds out who you are, you know everything you said. And in the back of your brain, even though you pretend that you don't really care because it's funny and we got them because haha, being mean is awesome. But empathy will always be tougher than fucking angst, man. And that's from a punk rock kid who li I live to this day. I still have to fight being angsty at people like people look at I have a fucking mohawk. I have tattoos. I walk. I know. And still to this day, every once in a while, I want to throw a fucking snide comment at a normie every mm -hmm. once in a while. But that's not that's not me. I want to be empathetic and I will forever believe that empathy is way tougher, way stronger and way fucking harder to do than just being angry. Yeah. And angry at someone for something they can't help is the silliest fucking thing. And quit pretending you're proud to be an American when you shit on every other American. Let's just pretend to stop. Yeah. So there you have it. I, I just wonder like these, these turds, these twerps, uh, you know, that, that we're talking about here. I just want like, okay, so let's take their particular ideology about how they feel about, you know, what people are good people and, you know, what things are important, right? By the way, real quick, I have like 15 minutes because I do have to work well, a little bit. And, and let's just say, let's just say that instead their guiding ideology was that they have a preferred way they think dishwashers should be loaded. Yeah. Right. And then they spend all of their energy and time. And that's and uh, cups on top, plates on the bottom, if you know what I'm <laughs> they, they spend all their time, energy, and effort trying to literally change societies so that everybody will load the dishwashers they think is the best way to load them. Yeah. Like, just get over it. Like, load yeah. your dishwasher, do your thing, even though you're doing it wrong, probably, right? Yeah. Do it and Drive. shut up about it and <laughs> let other people do what they're doing and just learn to live with the fact that you think other people are doing it wrong and move on with your life. I always use the, uh, listen, this is as far as like racism and homophobia and any of this, unless, and even then, if one gay black man grabbed your wiener at a party, it does not mean all gay black men will do it. If your cousin lost a job to a black guy, it's not the black guy's fault. So I'm just bringing up like the tropes where you're like, well, I'll have you know, like I told you that time at the shop where that guy was talking, we were talking about Steve Harvey and that guy was like, well, we, me and my wife love Steve and he was getting we the people twice tattooed. The words, we the people tattooed on both forearms. Guess you forget. Guess you lose forget. an arm. You no, lose but an we're arm, talking man. about Steve Harvey and I was like, listen, I, Steve Harvey did like this speech about atheism, which made me mad, but I do think he's a funny, really funny fucking guy. He's just hyper Christian. He said, I don't know how atheists can have a moral compass without a guiding star, he said. Yeah. And I went, that's ridiculous. But yeah, I don't care. He's funny. It's a logical so fallacy. That's I'm going to watch him. I'm going to watch him. And so we're talking about like how I think he's funny and he this and that. And the guy goes, well, I'm a little racist. Like there's just me and, and, and a guy I work with and the girl I work with. And in the middle of a conversation about family feud <laughs> and how much him and his wife love Steve Harvey, he goes, yeah. I am a little racist. And I laughed out loud in his face. And yeah, I go, you what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and he goes, I just don't like black people. And I go, that's the dumbest thing. You just said you like Steve Harvey. He goes, well, I like him on the show. And I go, oh, you like black people at a safe distance. And he goes, oh, no, I just had some stuff done wrong to me. And I go, I bet yeah. you dollars donuts more white people have done wrong than black people. Yeah. And he goes, well, probably about the same. And I go, so then... <laughs> <laughs> by your own logic. By your own fucking logic. <laughs> that means that you should also hate white people. Weirdly, he never got to that conclusion on his own. Never, never got there. But I sit there and go, I'm a little racist. And I go, but, but what have they done? Oh, I'm about to say white people have done. So your problem is people. Just human people. Yeah, you just sometimes. don't like people. Yeah. Yes, but the problem is a lot of people view things tribally. Yeah. And, and, when, and one of the easiest, I, and it fucking sucks because this is a bread human response one of the easiest jerseys that you physically
basically have is skin tone, hair color, eye color, things people can see. So instantly, it's it's harder to gripe at what you believe is your tribe. I don't have it. I my my tribe is the people I collect around me. I be a black, white, gay, straight, but I don't give a shit. But like I I don't know, dude. I like well, who's just, just that first guy off, who's, just because I want to put this out a little racist for the world real quick. Being white and having tattoos does not make me racist. Stop coming <laughs> up to me. I don't want your openly casual racism because I have tattoos. I, I'm yeah. I don't want it. Like don't come up to me and go black, right? And I go what? Who are you what? talking to? <laughs> what are you talking about, dude? Yeah, anyway, because yeah. the difference is between that guy who is quote unquote a little racist, right? When yeah. uh when a black guy cuts him off in traffic, right? He says there's something about that man's race and his culture that led him to cut me off in traffic, right? Nope. When a white guy cuts him off in traffic, he says there's something about that one guy that led him to cut me off in traffic, right? So yeah. he's attributing, like you said, he's attributing the actions of an individual to an entire group. And he only does that with certain groups. Yeah. But other groups, he doesn't do that to because, as he said, <laughs> he's, he's a little racist. <laughs> he's a little, little, little racist. <laughs> and of so course, much- racism is stupid. I mean, because race is a social construct and it doesn't make any sense. So you have to have those, those disconnects, those dissonances between, it makes sense here. And even though you might change the descriptors, it's the exact same scenario, but it doesn't make, your logic doesn't work in any of these other scenarios that are exactly the same. They only work in this one scenario because you make it work in yep. those scenarios. Because you, and maybe it's not a conscious choice, maybe it's an unconscious bias, but for, for whatever, you are you have those biases that lead you to make those cognitive dissonant choices and understanding in your logic. And it's dumb. And, and the part of the first step is saying, these are dumb, so I'm going to interrogate these things and I'm going to challenge them. So, yes. I mean, even for the most, you know, self-aware people that are aware of all these sort of unconscious biases, the, the ideas, are, they don't go away. I mean, it's as you said, it's part of the human species. Like, we are a tribal social species. So, one of the things that we've done in, throughout our entire evolution to protect ourselves and our and our kin is to say there's an in-group and there's an out-group. And then we make decisions about who's going to be in the in-group and who's going to be in the out-group. It's only recently, in the last, you know, 200 years or so, that we're, well, go, maybe longer than that, but only recently in terms of human evolution that we have said, you know what, we're going to come up with these other gigantic globally reaching things that are going to say who's in the in-group and who's in the out-group. So, you know, like, you know, the whole the thing that that uh, racist uh, people of Irish heritage love to say, right, normally rich people on Fox News, they're like, well, Irish, they were, yeah, uh, yeah. They, they used to be discriminated against too. Well, that's because, you know, when our ability to move around the planet was much more limited, right, we had to find other stupid ways to say who's <laughs> in the in-group and who's in the out-group. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you were a, a Saxon, you would say, you know what? Uh, I don't like these Celts over here. So we're yeah. going to say they're a different race and we're going to kill them. And that's what we're going to use to, you know, say to justify that kind of stuff because humans are social tribal animals yep. that live in a world where social tribal instincts are outdated. So I would not, say even not all more, social tribal, but the tribal instincts are outdated and, yeah, yeah. And, and counterproductive. So get over it, I guess. I would say humans are scared mammals who just realize that we are things mm. like in the scheme of the universe. And it's a little terrifying. So it's easier again to come up with shit and instead of swinging a pendulum or looking in a mirror and having shit come back at you, it's much easier. And here's a couple fun things. Like this is one of my favorites 
favorite things of all time. The craziest thing you'll find that people think about you is how little they often do. Mm -hmm. For the most part, nobody's twisting a mustache. Nobody's trying to murder you. That guy who cut you off, odds are, I would say 99% of the time, probably didn't even realize he cut you off. And the reason he's so mad when you fly up on his ass, flipping him off and honking your horn, is because he doesn't have any idea that he cut you off. Yeah. No idea. The easier, more responsible thing, which is something in the past few months, I have personally been trying to go the speed limit or five over, no more, no less. I've been trying to blinker, no blinker. Somebody wants over. I slow down a little. I've been trying very, because traffic is a fucking trigger for me because I find people who do things uh, 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 without care for other people really piss me off. But the fact of the matter is most time people have a million other things going on. They're not doing it on purpose. They're being uh, unwillfully ignorant about things. So it's not their fault. So like try hard to instead of flipping that guy off, just go, he's got, maybe his grandma's sick. Maybe his dog's hurt. Yeah. You have zero idea. Maybe he's just an asshole. You screaming and being mad the next 20 miles, he don't get, he's going to turn off his exit. By the time your lights are in his rear view, he has forgotten. And not just that guy, any guy, yeah. everybody you're not directly related to. What like you're describing now. is something called uh, the fundamental attribution error, which is a cognitive bias that we have that says when you cut the guy off in traffic, it's because, you know what, I'm late to this very important meeting, or I have a sick kid in the back that I'm rushing to the urgent care, or you've got a great reason for that. When the other guy cuts you off in traffic, it's because he's an asshole. Because he's an asshole. You automatically tell yourself the worst story that you can about yeah. what the other guy is doing, but when you do it, you have a great reason. And you never say to yourself, well, maybe that guy's got a great reason to. So. And through meditation, and this will make you laugh, I recently have noticed that I laugh at myself, like somebody will cut me off, and I'll get, I mean, white, hot, fucking anger. And the words, I don't know if you know this, but I cuss a lot. And sometimes, yeah. like, I'll drop straight to, like, cunt. To, like, some old woman who doesn't fucking know, Ryan. Like, not now, but, like, I've been trying. <laughs> so, but now, like, in my brain, I'll be like, oh, you, and I'll be like, what the fuck, dude? Who, do you, who cares? You're all going to sit. Nobody's going yeah. 100 miles an hour. We're all going around about the same. So, who cares? So, what I will tell everybody listening is, the, and this is all through uh, guided meditation. I This app I use uh, called Healthy Minds. It's all through guided, uh, guided meditation. I've kind of realized these things, and it's physically helped me, or mentally helped me in practice, in that the second I start doing that, I stop and go, you just think about it. Just stop for one, not even count to 10, just stop for one second and go, she didn't hit my car. Am I going to be mad that she almost hit my car? Am I going to be mad that we almost wrecked? No, no, because all that's doing is causing stress on me. It's hurting my heart, it's hurting my blood, it's hurting my brain. So I'm telling you all right now, it's just everybody listening. It's very simple to just stop for a second and think. And I guarantee you by within a month of doing this practice, of letting people over, of going the speed limit, when somebody slides up on your ass, don't slow down. Don't control the, their situation. Control yours. You drive the car. You move over. Who cares? Odds are they get pulled over. They wreck or they make it safely to their destination one and a half minutes faster than you got to yours. It's not a win-win because it doesn't matter. There's no lose-lose because none of it matters. Anyway, real quick, while we're on this, I wanted to bring pop culture into this. And I always talk about this <laughs> quote. There's uh, there's a movie um, called Adaptation starring Nicolas Cage. Have you ever seen yeah. Adaptation? I, I've not seen it, but I'm familiar with it. So he, Nicolas Cage plays twin brothers, Charlie and, and, and Donald Kaufman. So there's a there's a, a, a line in there that talks about uh, uh, um, um, you are responsible for you. They are responsible for them, right? And this is Charlie talking to Donald. I'll kind of go back and forth. Uh, there was a time in high school I was watching you out the library window. You were talking to Sarah Marsh. That was Charlie. 
Donald. Oh God, I was in love with her. Charlie, I know. And you were flirting with her and she was being really sweet to you. Donald, I remember that. Charlie, then when you walked away, she started making fun of you with Kim Panetti. And I was, uh, and it was like they were they were laughing at me. I, I didn't know at all. You seemed so happy. Donald, I knew. I heard him. Charlie, how come you look so happy? Donald, I loved Sarah Charles. It was mine. That love was mine. I owned it. Even Sarah didn't have the right to take that love away from me. I can love whoever I want. Charlie, but she thought you were pathetic. That was her business, not mine. You are what you love, not what loves you. That's what I decided a long time ago. It doesn't matter. It wasn't the feeling of her making fun of him that he latched onto. It's easiest to latch onto that. Fuck her. God, I, I liked her. No, she at least cared enough about him to be nice to his face. And when somebody, like, that's the whole point of that. Don't grab the easy to grab fruit. Grab the little hard fruit. Mm -hmm. That's the fruit that you get sustenance from. Yeah. So that line will always stick with me. It didn't matter. She can't tell me who and how to love. Even your wife can't do that. You have to decide. So you decide in every moment whether racism is, is your go-to or compassion or empathy or anger or malice or spite. It's your choose your own adventure. You go to page eight or page 10. No one chooses. And again, with people out there like me who have a problem with like toning down that overt masculinity we were taught, don't be, don't be girly. Don't wear earrings. Don't do those things. We, Ryan was taught, we're the same age. We were taught the exact, you're, you lucked out a little bit because your dad is a great human overall, just in terms of being a, just a human. Not that Bob changed the world in any means, but your dad just lives, wants other people to live and be happy. Changed He's my just, world. He changed your world, right. Yeah, that, and that and that's awesome. So like, so, but I, I did not, I had a dad who I pierced my ear, he chased me around the house, said he wouldn't have an F word for a son and blah, blah, mm. blah, and like stuff like that. So like, so like, I, I think it's hard to tamp down that masculine, that this is what dudes do. You tackle and you beat up and you do that. So like, like, like as I go further and further in my life, I do realize that I want empathy, even for the Benjamin, I mean, not Ben Shapiro, I can't, like, I'm working. It's a work in progress. There are limits. But there are people, like, there are people I know that listen to this podcast that fundamentally disagree on a lot of, that have brought it up to me, that fundamentally disagree. And that's fine and dandy, but all I ask that- They're probably your, Christopher Nolan fans. Listen, I don't, first off, I don't know how you'd be a fan of that fucking twerp, but uh, I don't hate his movie, guys, you know that. Um. So, but like, like, that's what I want is, I, I think like from a, from a person who has no degree in any sorts of mental health help, who, whose only mental health is the fact that at 44, they put me on Ritalin and Zoloft and that I talk to a therapist once a month. This is all I know. I, I, I do meditate, I work out, and I talk to a, a, a licensed therapist. And I will tell you, all it has done is strengthened my want to not be angry and violent and be dug of the past. Mm. And I kind of came to grips with, I was going to come to your show. I had every plan to. I was stuck at work, but probably could have made it before you guys got on. And I looked at Sherry when I got home and went, man, I really do want to fucking worn out. It was already late. I was like, man, it's a 40 minute drive. And then I, I really only want to see Ryan and hang out with Bill and Troy, Billy and Troy for a little bit. And then I'm going to leave and I'm going to stay the whole time. And I talked myself out of it. But what I told Sherry is I go, I think what I came to grips with was, and I think you, and I, I sent Ryan a schmoopy text the other day. So that, but this also came from that, that moment. Well, that's came a weird this. word. Schmoopy. It's a Seinfeld word. Uh, uh, but I came to grips and this is what I told my wife. And this is what I'll tell you, which I was going to tell you, but I don't know that we did a pop since uh, then is that um is high school Doug like Dougie Wug like like Dougie Doug disaster that Doug took energy that Doug took work to be like angsty and funny and loud and obnoxious and like to be who I was trying to make myself be it, it, it's draining and not only is it draining but I think that has been that that operating system is dead like it's the update it does, they don't even update anymore mm. and I was wrestling with the fact of I care about Troy and Billy as nostalgia but 
but I haven't seen him in 20 years. I was going to go to give you energy, to give you my, my love and my happiness. And I really came to grips with the fact that like the Doug I in my brain thought I might have to show up as and not a fake Doug. It's not a fake Doug. It's just a it's another to coat that Doug wore. But that Doug, high school Doug in post high school, even MVM Doug, that Doug took a lot out of me. Like not just like to to to, to be that. But I probably heard a lot of relationships. I, I definitely hurt a ton of people and not physically, maybe physically, but like like mentally, I created a lot of stress on people that I didn't have to. And all in the name of I thought it was funny. And really, I didn't even think it was funny. I just thought that's what was kind of expected of like my ego and my outward appearance and, and, and the channel that I had put myself on for people to watch. And I realized that I didn't want to show up being that Doug and that I don't know that I'm ready to hang out with high school people who really only know that Doug. Like Billy and Troy don't know anybody but that. Like anybody I knew from high school, if you talk to them, that's my persona. That's what they know of me. There isn't any other Doug but that Doug. And I, it's, it's driven by outward aggression and ignorance and masculinity. And it's driven by all those things that I fucking abhor now. I hate it all. Like my kid cries at a, at a, at a commercial because a dog is cute or fucking a dude. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Like I, I just can't. And I think that's where all these tough guys, these Andrew Tates and these guys that pretend that like what they're saying about women, I know Yeah, it's it's, it's a giant. Well, first off, listen, and again, I don't like Joe Rogan. I I like Joe Howard Stern interviews I love. I don't like most of his stances because I think you can't be that dumb and smart if you don't know you're that dumb and smart. And if you know, then what you're doing is disingenuous to your meathead fucking listeners or it's dangerous because you don't know that you have meathead listeners. So I have a problem with Joe Rogan there. But he was talking, they brought up the Andrew Tate thing because of course his bonehead listeners are all fucking Tate, Ray Tate and this and that. And Joe Rogan said the best thing in the world. And he goes, I hope if he did it, they arrest him. He spends his life in jail. And like the guy that was with him was like, what? And he goes, yeah. In counterpoint, if they find him not guilty, I hope they release him and, you know, make sure everything's fine. And I went, what a crazy take. I hope that if he broke the law, he goes to jail. And he then if he doesn't, he's exonerated. Yeah, yeah. And I went, what a great weird take. But that also makes me think that Joe Rogan's smart, knows his meathead fucking listeners are dumb. Mm. But that's the exact take. So, which by the way, Andrew Tate was found guilty in Romania of fucking sex trafficking and all this yeah. stuff. So he did it because Romania doesn't care about our politics. They care yeah. that he stole women and forced them to be on camera. Anyway, so like, so like ego allows you not to look back at things or to question your own responses. So when guys like Andrew Tate do this, they have managed to be able to not get into their consciousness and to stop. He knows what he's saying about women is bullshit. He's only doing it because it makes him money, guys. That's it. That, the most reason any people do anything is to make money. That's literally fucking it. So, but like, I want to sit down, not even not with that guy, but sit down with people who like that guy for a second. And not internet-y people who like will just say whatever because it's, you know, ooh, you're edgy. We get it. You're an edgelord. You you say weird, mean stuff because it's cool. I did that fucking 20 years ago in people's faces, so I'm better than you. Shut up. So <laughs> go do it to people's faces and then we'll talk. Um, so but like what I want is like a stop for a second, like an empathetic moment for a second from just any from anybody listening. I don't give a shit about those guys. Anybody not listening, I don't give a shit about. It. But like stop for a second, feel empathy. Don't get mad at the guy who cut you off. Just go, he has somewhere more important than me. And if you're on your way to work and you're mad at somebody for cutting you off, fuck off. You don't want to go anyway. I want to be there. That's what you're mad about. Go, fuck, I don't want to go to work. I'm glad this guy's in front of me. Now I get a second of peace from not at work. So that's where you have it. We haven't said anything funny today. Not a fucking a, single funny story. <laughs> reinforce that. I, I, I know we, you got to go. Uh, I do too. But uh, I want to, you know, just sort of reinforce something that you were saying there. And that is, you know, one of the best pieces of parenting advice I think I ever got was uh, don't, it, when you're holding your kids accountable, don't punish 
punish yourself while you are holding them accountable. And, and the example is, it's like, for example, like if we were going to that movie, right? And my kids yeah. were behaving and I was giving them clear expectations and they weren't meeting those expectations and we were doing all that kind of stuff. Then if I said, well, fuck it, we're not going to the movie, right? I'm punishing myself to punish them, right? Yeah, but to be fair, I do that a lot. But the and idea it's also is, not punishing myself a little bit because I know <laughs> that when I get there, there will be more punishment waiting. But the, but the idea is their their consequences should be theirs. Yeah, right? a thousand percent. You should not you should not punish yourself if somebody for somebody else's consequences. Now that being said, right, uh, when the person cuts you off in traffic or the line is taking longer or your service is slow or you know whatever it is, right, you have a choice on how you're going to react to that. Yeah, and you can choose to tell yourself the best story, the best version of the story, or you can choose to tell yourself the worst version of the story. And only one of those is going to make you angry yep. and ruin your day. So also, like, can, I, I want to touch on that real quick because that was a point I was trying to get to, but you know, I, I, I I'm long winded. Uh, that was exactly my point. So so if, if if like that masculinity thing, if that if that like aggression is what is what you are having trouble breaking away from, which every like 40 year old white male has to have some bit of that. Like like we used to play a game called Smear the Queer, which literally was a game with a guy who had a ball. The only one that doesn't have a ball. Let's fucking hurt him. And that's not a joke. You literally had two choices. You either got tackled by everybody or the second somebody got too close, you threw that ball to somebody else and ran the fuck out of there. Those were your, those were the games we played and they literally called it Smear the Queer. Like, because the queer is not queer gay. Well, maybe that's what, but queer as in it used to mean, which is just different. That guy's yeah. different. Fucking get him. That's the games we teach kids. So that's, so what I'm saying is if you want to help break that mental, because this helped me a lot, is I went, when that guy cuts you off and flips you off and you're in a rage and you're swerving and you're foaming at the mouth, he beat you. He played his hand, no matter what cards were on the table, and he won the game because you're an idiot screaming and yelling. Don't play his game, play your game. So when you allow somebody to affect your emotions when they don't directly do anything to affect you, cutting you off doesn't affect you. It doesn't wreck your car, it doesn't hurt your children, it hurts your ego. So think of it that way. Play every moment, like read Art of War, play every moment like a game, even nice moments. Play it as if you're making Ryan more happy. He's making me fuck it, let's make him happy. Because when you do it that way, when you express what you want to express back to you in and in that whole um that whole anti-aggressive don't play other people's games people play this aggressive that's what masculinity is right now is a, a game of aggression don't mm -hmm. play it play chess sit back wait if he cuts you off and slows down and break jobs you get over if he gets over it's on him if you feel threatened pull the fucking cops and you don't even have to stay you go hey i'm driving there's a guy cutting people off swerving out here's his license plate here's where he's going then pull off pull over go to a gas station get a drink i will forever say that guy that black that fucking navy seal trainer guy who said if i can walk away 100 percent of the time i walk away yeah because if you push somebody and they die you're a murderer if they push you and you die your wife and kids are with if you can walk away walk away and it's hard it's fucking hard to do and we all know sticking with traffic we all know that one of the best feelings in the world is when the guy passes you on a double yellow line and speeds around and gives you the bird and all that stuff and you both end up stopped at the same stoplight that's one of the put away as a matter of fact uh adam <laughs> my friend adam and i have come up with a solution i don't know if he's still doing it but we <laughs> talked about it and the solution is instead of a middle finger right or instead of a thumbs up or instead of a clap that you joaquin phoenix other drivers so if that guy cut you double yellows cuts you off you're stopped the red light and he knows you're there so he's looking at <laughs> rearview mirror you put your fucking hand straight out like that you wobble and you go up or down depending on your mood and you leave yeah. because a it's an awesome story to tell everybody else but b that's also and he goes and then the fucking guy just thumbs down to yeah <laughs> and there and everybody he tells is gonna go what yeah just held his hand like this for a minute and then gave me the <laughs> thumbs down. Yeah.
<laughs> that if we could change, we could change the world by thumbs up, thumbs down. No middle fingers, no F you, no cussing, no love you, no honking the horn. If somebody cuts you off in traffic and you stick your hand out the window and you wait just that proper amount of time and then thumbs down them. It's the greatest gift you could give anybody. But that, that guy who is avoiding eye contact with you, or maybe not at the stoplight, right? He is the mirror version of you in that scenario because that guy is choosing to let someone else ruin his day. Yep. He's choosing to let that ruin his day. Someone else that has no power over him other than the fact they share the same road. Yep. Is, he is choosing to let that person You are letting someone else touch day. your toys. Yes. So that's the mirror version of you. If you're the one that's just like, you know, whatever, I hope I hope you get where I hope you get where you're going, right? Yeah. That's that's what I usually say to myself. Now, I love when I'm at the same same stoplight, but I, I, say, <laughs> I hope you get where you're going, right? Yeah. Because I could choose to say, fuck this guy. I'm going to get even. I'm going to get that revenge. But that's that ego that you were talking about, where it's just like, I'm not in danger. I'm not in physical danger. I'm not, you know, I'm not, my my day is going to continue on as it was before, before this guy did that, right? Now, I might put myself in danger if I go to satisfy that ego. And that's say, the other well, thing, I'm like revving up your engine, get on his ass, because all he does is break job you, or his tire pops, or a car comes out of nowhere, and you kill somebody because you were mad because some guy got two feet or closer to your car than you thought was proper. Yeah. And guess what? I, I compound you to make it easier. Slow down. If you see him bomb that double yellow, slow down. I, make yeah. it safer. Because guess what? It's real hard to be mad at you when you made it safer and easier for him to get where he's going fast. As a matter of fact, he'll probably just go off fast. You'll never have. And there are seven, almost eight billion people on this planet. The odds of you ever seeing that guy again are fucking, unless it's a neighbor, it's slim to none. You'll ever see that guy again. And if you do in two years see him again, you'll never know. Yeah. You would have no idea. Hey, could you put your car on real quick so I can see if you're this asshole from two years ago? <laughs> Like, what do you do? So, but listen, and I'm saying all this stuff. I'm a very good give advice. It's harder. It's hard to take advice. This uh, is yeah. stuff I'm personally trying to do and stuff that I have done recently that where I go, why are you yelling at an old lady on the road? Wait for your opportunity. And you can always just turn off and go a different route. Mm -hmm. Like that's it's that simple. Be Charlie Kaufman, man. They don't get to tell you how to feel or act or love. No one does. So work your life like that. Somebody's mad at you, screaming at you. Come at it from a place of empathy. Plus, man, it's the react, the fucking feeling the fullness in my soul I get when someone's fucking sitting mad at me and I am calm as a Hindu cow just going, what seems to be the problem, Big Dan? I don't understand. <laughs> what? That's just it. It's so much better to go, I get all the words you're saying. I get it. I get everything you're feeling and I'm sorry. Yeah. Take what? responsibility for what Take you're responsible for. But You want to show me you're a masculine dude with a big swinging dick? Fucking apologize. Yeah. Be, be mournful. Show a consciousness. Show your conscience. Show, show empathy. Then I'd be like, man, you're amazing because it's hard, man. It's hard. Hard to pick people up. It's hard to not shit on somebody that's down. It's hard to be fucking happy for people who are doing better than you when you think they don't have what you have. I mean, it's much easier to be an Andrew Tate and just take everything from everybody that you can. And, yep. you know, and when it doesn't work, you move to a different country where yeah. you think you're going to get away with it and you get arrested yeah. anyway. So, I mean, but yeah, it's way easier to be a to be a Ben Shapiro. It's way easier to be a Donald Trump. It's way easier to be. And it's not just these politicians, these right wing people. There are people on the left who are just as fucking bad. There are people in the center who is just fucking bad. But don't be, don't be that person. And I'm not, I'm not, this isn't hippie bring love into the world. I'm saying empathy. Empathy and love are two different things. You don't even have to like the guy who cut you off. You don't have to care. You could secretly hope that maybe he gets in a wreck or gets pulled over. You're allowed. Ha ha, fucker, hope you get pulled over. But don't let it like, worry you. If, you know, the guy speeds around me, okay. right? I love it. Loses okay. control. Loses Wait, I'm control that guy. Yeah. Oh, 
fuck, I lost control. He loses control of his Dodge Ram because it's got to be a Dodge Ram. Oh, yeah. And he loses control of the Dodge Ram. He's like, if only that fucking key wouldn't have been so slow. And flips his car into a ditch. I am going, I'm going to admit this. I will laugh, but I will also pull over and help the guy. Yeah. Oh, a thousand, a thousand percent. I'm like, hey, dickhead, when you pass me, man, you really flipped your truck. Are you okay in there? (laughs) Yeah. Do you need me to get to And guess what? I'm that weird person that if that guy's guts are spilling out, I would take my shirt off and apply pressure yeah. and, and talk to him and hope that he doesn't die because I am a, a human. Yes. I'm a person, man. Yes. <laughs> I, I just, even people, I, even even Ben Shapiro. Guess what? I bet you money I could make him laugh. I, I don't know that he could make, doesn't seem like the make you chuckle mm-hmm. kind of guy, but what I'm saying is that that, that we have one well, just common the stupid shit that he says. Like, the fact that he takes himself so seriously, that's kind of funny. But Oh my God. <laughs> I secretly, you know he's written so many bad screenplays. I would love, I didn't even want embarrassing nude picture. I don't want shit like I want to read like Ben Shapiro's high school fucking like you know he wrote a movie about immigration or how some black kid came to school and took all the cool white girls and he was going to get him back or what I don't know. <laughs> He's like in my mushroom house Gargamel would try to steal my dad to make gold from his blood or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> he would be Gargamel. He is both Smurf and Gargamel. <laughs> that Smurf is Smurfy man. <laughs> he is both. Oh my god he's like Gargamel fuck Smurf. <laughs> Uh, and also he has a personality in one of them houses. <laughs> that's horrible. I think that uh, here, okay, because we can end it. I'm sorry this was so serious. There were a couple less, but I think the main point to take from this is that Ben Shapiro is the wormiest twerp to worm <laughs> his way out of Twerpburg, right? Like it's true. Twerpville population three, and he is president, which is weird because they also have an emperor named Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I got Never mind. I'm not going to get into that. But, I, uh, yeah, so. Uh, I, listen, just look up the words Jordan Peterson and stupid. He was being interviewed and this will be the mo- this all if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is I, it doesn't matter. all you have to do is look up this video Jordan Peterson being stupid because an interviewer said what is the worst thing in life that you could be asking him directly and I shit you not take seconds in a space out. There's a fucking anger. There's this vile. Remember when uh, in Obi-Wan, when the mask got ripped in the fight and you see Anakin's face for the first time in mm-hmm. the Vader, Vader helmet? His face goes down like this and he goes, being stupid. <laughs> and all I can think is some fucking person yelled at that poor little boy so much. Don't be dumb. Don't be gay. Don't be sissy. Don't be this. That kid was beaten into this pseudo-intellectual man we see today. And it's sad because people who are smart, because Ben Shapiro is smart. Fucking Jordan Peterson is smart. They are very smart individuals and they're too smart to say the things they're saying, which makes them even worse because they know what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They are too smart to be the people they are. And what's really sad is that wasted talent could have helped humanity. They could have spun that into not greed, but empathy. And they could have helped people with their brains. And instead, they shit on people. Instead, they make people who are doing okay feel better about their lives while making other people feel worse. And that's a monster. That's literally the mm-hmm. definition of a monster. Ben Shapiro is a monster. So I will, I will try to sum up. I'll give you the abridged version of the Jordan. Okay. Oh God. Yeah. Quarter after 12. I got to go. So the, uh, basically what happened is I read his book, the 12 simple rules, right? I read that book and, uh, cause I was like, you know, what is the deal with this guy? You know, I'd read all these like hit pieces on him and stuff like that. And I was like, but you know, let me find out for myself. Let me do my own research. So I went and I read his book, right? And it is, uh, basically, I don't remember how many chapters. I think it's 12 chapters for the 12 rules or whatever it is. But anyway, I'm reading it and I'm like (laughs) all the chapters. I'm like, well, this is, you know, this is just kind of like, you know, living it's like, like self-help you know it's yeah. like you know it's like i don't agree with all of it but i mean it's, it's chapter just, 12 it is just in blacks <laughs> no, no, no. women. you are not kidding that is exactly what it was it was like 
11 chapters of just like, hey, this is, you know, maybe this is how you build self-confidence. Pay off your credit card, then take that money and put it towards your next credit card. And it's like, okay, this is all reasonable and kind of boilerplate (laughs) stuff. And then chapter 12 is like, and this is why immigrants and women are awful. And I'm like, wait, what? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. So here's, but here's, here's what I'll say. So let's say uh, Jordy Peterson wrote a book called The 11 Steps for a Better Life. So that's what I imagine. He wrote 11 chapters. And he fucking Jordy Peterson is the happy. He's the luckiest dude. Man, I think if we put if we put effort into making ourselves happy and being happy, he's very like ShamWow guy. I think that together we could make the world a better place. And then two years, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then he saw something on TV and he went, you know what? Something to this misogyny and, and racism. This xenophobia's got a thing. Let me just try something. And he writes a chapter, everything gone wrong in my life because of immigrants and women and immigrant women by Jordy Peter. No. <laughs> Jordy sounds too silly. Yeah, a little sounds flashy. a little young. A little young. A little young. Jordan Peterson. <laughs> by Jordan Peterson. So we have 11 chapters of, you know, you'll get it. You'll figure this yeah. out. Tough guys. We've all Pull up it. your pants, man. Yep. Then <laughs> bootstraps, pull them up. You've got this. If anybody can do it, it's you. Chapter 12, unless you're black, gay, or a woman. Or, a, or worst of all, a woman. <laughs> you can do it, but not with that bitch at your side. <laughs> because I was a, just like, is a woman? Where did this come from? Like this, which means his sense. parents got divorced. He went with his dad because <laughs> his mom probably cheated yeah. on his horrible dad and got married to Ben yeah. or, or Bill, who's real fun in fucking Boca Raton. <laughs> and he had to live with his dad, who hit him with a ruler and made him like look at dust for a year or something. Yeah. <laughs> so like he and his dad did nothing but talk shit about his mom his whole life. Yeah. So in his brain, the only thing that really wrecks a good man is a bad woman and the ebb and flow of Mexican immigration. <laughs> like, from by the way, not even. Is- South America. Can we also talk about that those Mexicans don't come from South America? <laughs> Everybody wants to blame the South Americans, but Mexico yeah. is. Mexico and is Mexico. As of right now, will never be part of South America. Honduras, Guatemala, those are Central American countries, my friend. Not, not South even America. South American. <laughs> the South America, the people you say you hate, these South Americans, are the, 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 the resort destinations you and your family go to. Yes. Rio de Janeiro, Peru. Yeah, I did that. For, that's the Italian cook. Uh, I'm going to yeah. take the linguine. So you got to do. Yeah, you got to. Uh, so gotta we go to Boca Raton. No, sorry. <laughs> anyway, I gotta go, Ryan. I gotta go to work. I gotta go. Two Me too. So anyway, go. sorry this wasn't fun. I did have an AI questionnaire. We'll have so next time, just well, games. How's that? Let's do games. Let's let's do uh, fifteen reasons why <laughs> Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro are stupid. I'll say. How about this? I'll. <laughs> here's what I will do, and I promise you, I'm going to write it down right now. <laughs> I w- we are going to play a game called Modern Conservative or Pop Culture Villain, and I will take. <laughs> I'm going to take sentences or hey. fragments of these things and you will have to figure out if it's a modern day right wing talking head pundit or or, or <laughs> anybody from pop could be Sourmon, could be anybody so you will have to figure out if it's a real life villain or a yeah. pop culture villain how's that yeah. done that's I our game it. next, next that's time great. That's and great. I'm not even saying conservative I will just say shitty modern person yeah. is this a shitty modern person or is it a shitty made up person yeah this is the I best like idea it. we've had I this might it. be the best new game yeah <laughs> it'll be called Ben Shapiro or Ben Grimm no Ben Grimm's too he's not a the thing is not we need a we need a like Jordan Peterson or Jordan Peele that's pop culture no we need we got to come up with a good name for an in between yeah so that's something you have it's gonna be called Jordan or Jarrell (laughs) (laughs) no Jarrell's a good guy yeah Jarrell's a good guy (laughs) damn it
Zod, damn it. That's what we're calling it. Named after Zod, the dog. damn it. Anyway. All right, go see Dial Destiny. Also, no, I gotta go to work. Also, no, you not you, our listeners. You can't tell me how to love. We just <laughs> I can't. Also, right. uh, watch adaptations. Probably Nicolas Cage. Yeah. One of Nicolas Cage's best movies. Yeah, yeah, I should. Anyway, uh, you guys, uh, welcome back. We, I, I will make sure that we do the, I did message Ryan this time and go, hey, this weekend, right? Pre, not Sunday morning at 10 when I go, are we recording today? And he goes, I hope yeah. not because I won't be home. So we, we did. <laughs> I'm underwater so, right now. I don't <laughs> <like> <laughs> I'm in a submarine. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's. Oh, he did those. That are two. I did it right, Ryan. Yeah. I did want to talk about Ocean Gate. <laughs> Wait. What is happening? I have nothing. There you go. Sorry. Yeah, there we go. Can you cuddle? It's still Jaws going. Jaws by far is the longest clip I have. Now we've tested because I hit everything at once. Also, it seems way shorter. You just done it, done it, done it. Oh, fuck a shark. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm Doug. I'm Ryan. This has been two weeks from everywhere. Oh, yeah, there he is. I feel like you wanted an ominous voice to end this, but my voice is not ominous. It's, it's amazing. pretty ominous to me. So, uh, we will end this episode with me, D1, the best battle droid ever created by the Separatist Union. What up, Dooku? I gotta love out to Darth Tyrannus. What's up, boys? <laughs> Order 66 in the house. Bye, anyway, so uh, I figured we would just end this episode with me slowly and cautiously reading the lyrics to fuck the police by NWA. Okay, guys, have a good week. Uh, fuck the police. Coming straight from the underground. A young blank got it bad because I'm brown or any other color. So you just think you have the authority to kill a minority. But fuck that because I ain't the one or a punk motherfucker with a badge and a gun to be beaten on or thrown in jail. We could go toe to toe in the middle of the cell. Fucking with me because I'm a teenager with a little bit of gold and a pager. Searching my car, looking for the product, thinking every droid is selling narcotics. Fuck that shit, because I ain't gonna be the one. Why would anyway, a droid need a pager? Uh, to sell weed, idiot. <laughs> I mean, don't you just have like a com link built into your brain? Racism. Real cool, <laughs> Ben Shapiro. Oh, look, it's Darth Weenie Butt. <laughs> ben Shapiro is also officially Darth Weenie Butt. <laughs> Darth Weenie Butt. Not to be confused with Darth Fisty Buns. Darth Fisty Buns was not a con modern conservative. Darth Fisty Buns, from what I can tell, is hey. very progressive from the stuff very I've read. Dude is progressive. Uh, also, uh, Jordan Peterson should probably be like Darth Touch a Wiener or something. Something really like, <laughs> like super like Darth Dummy. Big Darth Dummy. Darth, Darth Lobster. All right. We love you guys. And we'll be back in two weeks. Uh, bye. Bye.